Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is Ryan Cabrera. I am your co-host, and I am here in Studio A, the illustrious Studio A with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Praise God. Great yeah, to be here. That's right. It is great to be it's here. It's Hanukkah hangover, man. Man, it's nice and cold outside. Well, for us that are in Florida, we consider it cold outside. Uh, and we're going to be nice and warm because we've got a nice warm story to talk about today. We're studying the Torah portion via Gosh, which means he approached. And this is found in the book of Genesis, chapter 44 and verse 18, and it goes through chapter 47 and verse 27. And the half tour is good too, which maybe we'll touch on that, but if you're looking for the half tour this week, it's Ezekiel 37, 15 through 28. What an awesome story, Ryan. You know, the story of, of, of Joseph is so relevant for today. Uh, you know, seeing this being fulfilled, uh, we had uh, Hanok Young uh, from Modin, Israel, come and share a great message with us last night, and before he came up, I introduced him, and I said, hey, listen, here's the Torah portion that we would normally go over, Vayigash, he approached, and this is the story of Judah taking on the responsibility uh, to, of course, uh, honor his father and uh, his role as a brother, and he steps up uh, in, in place of uh, Benjamin and his other brothers, and actually, you know, wants to say, hey, you know, let me be your slave, just take me, but don't don't take Benjamin. So he was like a, an intercessor there, you know. Uh, he sold Joseph. Joseph knows all this now. He knows the storyline, and he sees a change in Judah, his brother. So this story is going to play out, everyone. So we're going to read a few verses, uh, get just really get into it. Uh, but like I said, with, with Hanok being with us, you know, here he is a practicing Jew in the land of Israel, Orthodox Jew, whatever how you want to term that, um, coming to us. And as he came to the pulpit and shared, you know, I got a picture with him and put my arm around him and everything, but literally seeing prophecies being fulfilled, uh, no matter how you look at it, no matter what your opinion is, it's unfolding right before our very eyes. So I'm going to have Ryan go ahead and, and read Genesis chapter 44, uh, verses 18 to 34. All right, 18 to 34, man, I'll tell you what, this is a really good story. The, the beginning of the Torah portions are always wonderful to start out with. Well, it's, it, it's called, and he approached, and who approached? Judah. Who did he approach? Joseph. Judah approaches Joseph. You ever heard that before? Yeah, and Hanok, think about it. these These Orthodox Jews that are contacting us, Ryan, they're traveling at least 6,000 miles on a plane to come all the way over to Brandon, Florida. Wow. And more to come. Yeah. I've got some more, uh, some more visitors, uh, you know, brewing right now. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. That's exciting. We'll be making those announcements later. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, this is exciting stuff. Well, what's cool is when we get to sit here and read the scriptures and read the tour portion for this week, and then also be watching it come to pass, like, simultaneously. It's almost surreal. It's like, wait, this stuff's real? This is true? It's a real story. This is the real deal? It, it's real. Wow. Okay, so I'm going to get to reading. I could talk about how excited I am all day, but we don't have all day, so I'm going to read. All right, verse 18, it says, Then Judah came near unto him and said, O my Lord, let thy servant, I pray thee, speak a word in my Lord's ears, and let not thine anger burn against thy servant, for thou art even as Pharaoh. My Lord asked his servants, saying, Have ye a father or a brother? 
And we said unto my Lord, We have a father, an old man, and a child of his old age, a little one, and his brother is dead. And he alone is left of his mother, and his father loveth him. And thou saidest unto thy servants, Bring him down unto me, that I may set mine eyes upon him. And we said unto my Lord, The lad cannot leave his father, for if he should leave his father, his father would die. And thou saidest unto thy servants, Except your youngest brother come down with you, ye shall see my face no more. And it came to pass, when we came up unto thy servant, my father, we told him the words of my Lord, and our father said, Go again and buy us a little food. And we said, We cannot go down if our youngest brother be with be if our youngest brother be with us, then we will go down. For we may not see the man's face except our youngest brother be with us. And thy servant my father said unto us, Ye know that my wife bare me two sons, and the one went out from me, and I said, Surely he is torn in pieces, and I saw him not since. And if we take this also from me, and if ye take this also from me, and mischief befall him, ye shall bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. Now therefore, when I come to thy servant my father, and the lad be not with us, seeing that his life is bound up in the lad's life, it shall come to pass, when he seeth that the lad is not with us, that he will die. And thy servants shall bring down the gray hairs of thy servant our father with sorrow to the grave. For thy servant became surety for the lad unto my father, saying, If I bring him not unto thee, then I shall bear the blame to my father forever. Now therefore I pray thee, let thy servant abide instead of the lad, a bondman to, the, to my lord, and let the lad go up with his brethren. For how shall I go up to my father? And the lad be not with me, lest peradventure I see the evil that shall be, shall come on my father. So this is Judah's monologue. Man. This is what he's going to say right in front of Joseph. Go back and check it out for yourself. He's going to rise up to the occasion. Uh, I do believe he's the fourth son. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah. Yep. Uh, his mother was Leah. But he was at the this point one. had, you know, he was the, the big dog. So, so here's the, the catch. You know, Joseph was taking them through a test is what he was doing. You know, uh... You know, I believe he was led of the Lord to, to do this, to, to discover this and, and let this play out. But the interesting thing is, you know, and I want to point this out, you know, uh, Judah comes close to Joseph, and of course, you know, basically what we find out is that uh, Judah wanted to take the place of Benjamin to be Joseph's bondman. Now, why is this so important? Because Joseph and Benjamin were brothers. There's already animosity in the house between the mothers even between Bilhah and Zilpah, two handmaidens, and Leah and Rachel, there's this rivalry going on, this pecking order going on. Uh, I, I, can, I can actually see some of that in, in my own kids sometimes, the pecking order and stuff. But the bottom line is that Joseph looks at Judah and says, wow, he's willing to step in you know, for his half-brother, basically, is what it is. right? Same father, different mother. So Joseph's impressed with that. And he's like, wow, you know, this is the guy that, that sold me. And now he's willing to lay down his life, you know, for Benjamin. He's willing to step in and be that intercessor, you know. And we could see a picture of Christ in this as well. Uh, someone who would step in, someone who would be a, you know, someone who would give propitiation or, or a mediator. Uh, and, and it's Judah. <clears throat> and so as we see this, we can actually see in verse 33, Now therefore I pray thee, let thy servant abide instead of the lad, a, bond, a bondman to my Lord, and let the lad go up with his brethren. Boy, how many times do we stick up for one another or, 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 or just really, really 
step up for one another and intercede, you know, and, th- and that's something that we're actually seeing. So as we, as we discover this story unfolding, I want, I want to have Ryan continue to read Genesis chapter 45, uh, let's see, uh, verses 1 through 15. So we're, we're, hit, we're hitting the highlights here in Genesis 45, verses 1 through 15. We do believe in the public reading of scriptures. Uh, whatever you confess comes towards you. So let's do it. That's right. We're going to let it speak for itself. So here we go. It says, Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him, and he cried, Cause every, Cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in which there shall neither be earing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God, and he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and the Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Haste ye, and go up to my father, and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me lord over all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not. And thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children, and thy children's children, and thy flocks, and thy herds, and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee, for yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. And behold, your eyes see, and the eyes of my brother Benjamin, that it is my mouth that speaketh unto you. And ye shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt, and of all that ye have seen. And ye shall haste, and bring down my father hither. And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept on his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them. And after that, his brethren talked to him. In verse 16. And the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brethren are come, and it pleased Pharaoh well and his servants. You you know, I want to point something out to all of you that's so interesting. You know, as far as the two houses, Ephraim and Judah, and all these things, you know, this isn't for everyone. You know, this is something that has to be lived out, played out personally, you know, and, and so I, I'm just saying for all of you that are in the Hebrews of the Christian faith, you know, Judah's approaching Joseph. It is happening. You know, I can't tell you how many calls I got, how many emails I got from Orthodox Jews, even from Israel, that are so excited about us as Christians wanting to come alongside the Jewish people and respect them and support them in some form or fashion. I mean, it is off the charts, you know. I mean, and, and so I'm only sharing this because something is, is really interesting in the very first verse of chapter 45. It says, Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him, and he cried, Cause every man to go out from me, and there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. Once again, there stood no man with him. So what happened? He wanted everyone to go out of the room that was not a part of this reunion. So Ryan, what's happening is, as we have our sanctuary, is like a room. 
That's true. And as you come to our room, you're going to see the reunion. You're going to see the family getting together. Yeah. But to have people leave the room, it means they're not a part of this restoration. They're not a part of this uh, family reunion. They're, they're just not a part. Yeah. And so that, that makes perfect sense, you know, as this is unfolding. Remember, Joseph knew who his brothers were. His brothers didn't know who he was. Listen up, everybody. I am so big into identity. It's probably my favorite thing. If I could teach on anything, it would be identity. You know, who are you? Who is God? You know, we have to know these things. Because why? Because it's personal. Because we latch on to identity in some form or fashion, whether we latch on to a denomination or, or we latch on to, to an armed forces kind of thing, you know, hey, I'm a Marine, you know, or whatever. We latch on to identity. And, and the greatest thing is that we are sons and daughters of God, everyone. But with that development of being, you know, his children, uh, God is calling out his children today out of the nations, Ryan. And that's what's happening. So uh, the funny thing is, you know, we've all, you know, lived our life, we're living our life. And then God comes along and shows us Hebrew roots. <laughs> and he says, hey, look, you see the Jews over there? They're your brothers. Whoa, wow, you know. And all of a sudden, you're, you're, the whole the whole paradigm changes now. Whoa, this is a game changer. And so with that comes a responsibility. So I'm only saying this, how special this movement is. That's why we have to be mature and responsible and respectful and love the church, love the synagogue, amen, just like Yeshua would even would even declare that. You know, and I, and I tell you, boy, he was all pent up, all Joseph, and he, and he weeps aloud. He just, he just wept aloud. In, in verse 2, he weeps aloud. And then this is going down, right? And so the brothers were shocked. Now, Ryan, think about this, because we're considered righteous Gentiles. Oh, look at the cute little Gentiles coming out, and they have Torah. You know? Oh, look. they Like a novelty. Yeah. Oh, look. They're, they're doing the Sabbath. Oh, they don't eat pork chops. They don't eat ham. Oh, look. Isn't that... That is... You're a righteous Gentile. I'm telling you, Ryan, when, they, when the light bulb goes on in their head... That the prophets foretold this, the Phrym and Judah and all these things, it is going to be off the charts. They're going to be like freaking out. Yeah. Like, oh my, oh my goodness, it's going down. Listen, it says that they were terrified. They were literally troubled, you know. And 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 so Joseph's going to start comforting his brothers, you know. Hey, it's going to be okay, you know. This is great, you know. And he wasn't angry at them. Well, the first thing he, they're he, like he, is, wait, the guys back from the dead to come and get us, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, imagine they're thinking that, you know, this guy's been jerking us around and causing us to have, you know, little, right. little issues. So when he he says, oh, by the way, I'm your brother Joseph. Now it's like they're going back tracking like all that has happened. And so how old was he when you think this happened? At right? this point, he's 39. So he's 39 years old. So remember, he was in the pit at 17. And then he's 30 at, when, he, to Pharaoh, when he comes to 30. Pharaoh. Seven years of famine, two years into the... I'm sorry, right. seven years of plenty, two years into the famine. And that's, that's Genesis 45, 6. They're two years into the famine. Right. Now, I, I want to share something with all of you. You know, Ephraim and Manasseh are born as Joseph's children by an Egyptian priest's daughter during a time of plenty, like, like, like now. Yeah. See, Ephraim has been born during a surplus, you know, prosperity. If you even think about the 80s all, all the way up, you know, you had a mortgage crisis and different things. But, but what I'm saying is that this is like a prosperity time. Oh, yeah. So his children are born. Ephraim is born during a time of prosperity right now. Uh, it's so funny, you know, you know, you say millennial, I say Ephraimite. I mean, they're born. And so they're, they're scattered throughout the, the world. And, and I only share this in excitement because it's going down. And so, um, and I just want to remind everyone in the story 
This reunion takes place outside the land of Israel. Okay? So like with, 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 with Judah coming to our congregation, they're going back into the diaspora. It's outside of Israel that they're, that they're pockets of Ephraim and Judah coming together. Uh, they're trying to make, you know, some things happen in Israel, but I'm just saying that, just keep in mind that, that you know, all of the children of Israel, uh, Jacob's children, were born outside the land of Israel, except for Benjamin, which is very unique and different. Uh, but then again, we have the reunion taking place in Egypt, which is a picture of the world. So now we can, we can really get excited about what's going on in America with, uh, you know, with even a movement called United to Restore and this and that. But uh, once again, there's, there's five years left of this famine. And, and read verse 7 of, of chapter 45 so we can see what's going to take place now that there's a famine. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So that was Joseph saying, hey, listen, he sent me ahead. He sent me ahead. You know, that's why, you know, I don't think the Jewish people could just go on alone. I don't think they can just carry on throughout the world without Ephraim. I think the house of Joseph is alive and well, and I think the house of Joseph is going to come alongside the Jewish people in the last days and give them support, and we're going to rock the nations is what we're going to do because oh, we're yeah. coming out of the nations. So he, he's excited, and, uh, and if you could read verses 8 and 9, here, here's Joseph's urgency now. He's, the whole family is, is kicking in. The family line's kicking in now. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God, and he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Haste ye, and go up to my father, and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not. He's like, hey, listen, go get dad. Yeah. Go get dad, get him out of the land, because there's going to be a famine for another five years. Yeah. Boy, that's add that up. If there's 360 days in a lunar year. Yeah, no, this is that's tough That's 360 times. times five. That's a lot of days of having a famine. So he's like, hey, bring dad down to Egypt. And listen, I'm going to give you guys the land of Goshen. And then, of course, you know, uh, in Genesis 45, 14, uh, man, Joseph just falls on the neck of Benjamin, his well, little brother. It, what's cool is it starts weeping. Is in verse eight, Joseph talks about how he has gained this leverage. You know, I, I don't know how old Pharaoh was, but it says here that Joseph being 39 years old and 30 back, you know, when he met Pharaoh, it was at this time, and it says that he is a father to Pharaoh. Maybe, now, he, maybe he had the, the wisdom of a father. It could be the wisdom of a father. It could be age. Whatever it is, he, he had leverage enough to where he's basically running the show on behalf of Pharaoh. So he has the pick of the litter to give his family whatever he wants. And so what does he say? He says, go to Goshen. And what is Goshen? Goshen is the, the best place to go, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing. You know, remember, it's all about real estate. Location, location, location. You know, Paul says in one of his letters, uh, you have many teachers, but you don't have many fathers. You know, and that's what we really need in this, in this movement, our patriarchs and matriarchs to rise up, elders to rise up. Um, so, you know, so, man, he's kissing his brothers, he's weeping with them, you know, and, 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 he, and he talks with them, you know, they're, they're talking, they're on talking terms, praise God. And, uh, and of course, Pharaoh finds out about the family reunion, and of course, the Pharaoh was even in, in in agreement to say, "Hey, man, let's get your family down here. Uh, let's, let's this is incredible. What an incredible story! While wow, your family's back with you, you know." And um, it, it's funny because Pharaoh was even a part of their return. That's right. Yeah. Oh, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. He gave him the. So thank we haven't you, gotten there yet. That's the next part. No, but here's the thing, Ryan. If you go back and study this out, uh, you know God's going to give us all the resources to have this reunion. Hmm. Through the Gentiles, through the nations, yeah, or even through the governments, 
the government of Israel, the government of, of, of the United States of America. I just got this thought that, you know, because it says that, you know, they're going to come out of the nations and have favor in all these things. So I'm thinking, wow, that, that would be great. Pharaoh even gives um, wagons to, uh, uh, to, to Joseph's family to bring back the father and the rest of the family and everything. And uh, what, let's see, let's read Genesis 45, 22. There's an interesting tidbit right there. And it says, To all of them he gave each man changes of raiment, but to Benjamin he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of raiment. Man, he was just loving that brother. He was, man. And the favoritism is still kicking in, folks. But what are you going to do with it? I mean, it is what it is. You know, it's like the Smothers Brothers. If you haven't heard that little routine, that, that, that's, a, that's a funny act. You know, Mom always did like you best. Yeah. Smothers Brothers. Uh, we got to play that back. You know, we watched uh, the other night, we had Movie on the Lawn out here for our Hanukkah celebrations on uh, Shabbat. Oh, yeah, as Movie we, Under as the we Stars. As we ended Shabbat. A movie Under the Stars. And, uh, you know, that movie does a good job of the little strife between them because they both will say half-brother to each other. You know, it's like they'll say under their breath, they'll say, like, you're half my brother. brother. Yeah. And they'll say half-brother. That was out of script, but that's cool. It was, but I mean, I thought that was good, you know. Now, little... we, we talk about the 10 lost tribes. We know they're not lost because God knows where they're at. Um, and I know this sounds, you know, incredible to, to be listening to this, but you need to get excited because I'm telling you, I've been in this movie for 23 years. It's going down, folks. It's going down. Now read uh, Genesis uh, chapter 45, verse 23. And his and to his father he sent after this manner ten donkeys laden with the good things of Egypt, and ten she donkeys laden with corn and bread and meat for his father. Oh by the my way. goodness! Here comes the ten. 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 Remember, remember, uh, Eliezer was the servant of uh, Abraham. He took ten camels. That's right to go get a bride. Ten to go get them. I don't. Do you think this number ten is significant? It's Pastor a minion. Nick? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think it's it's, it's important. Um, and and now what are we going to have here? We got to have this now. So here, here's some more dialogue going on. So now you have Joseph and Judah speaking together, and now all of a sudden he reveals himself. Now he's got all of his brothers. He's got his little brother Benjamin. Then Pharaoh comes into the equation. So let's tie all this in now. And because drops the resources. What about Jacob? Yeah. What about uh, Yaakov? What about Israel? So let's begin to look at that story. Uh, let's see. Let's read verse... Let's go ahead and read verse 25 of 45. Um, it says, And they went up out of Egypt and came into the land of Canaan unto Jacob their father, and told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive, and he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. And they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob their father revived. Oh, we're going to stop right there. Yeah. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. He was revived, right? Well, check this out. Oh, I'm checking. You check know, this out. This word revive is very interesting. I bet these guys were terrified to tell their dad. <laughs> you know? You know? Oh, uh, by the way, uh, Joseph's alive, and um, so there's this interesting story <laughs> that we never told you. But right? here's, here's the interesting <laughs> thing, Ryan. This is this particular word revived, right? So, so he was revived. I mean, it's like, so he was like dead, or he was in a bad place, a bad way. Yeah. Oh, he was. He didn't Depressed. have good thoughts. Yeah. He's like, man, I've had a great loss here, and and this and that. No matter what those circumstances are, it was the loss of his son. But but what about you listening to the podcast? Well, and right he now? had faith to let Benjamin right? go ahead, and not only did Benjamin come back and return to him alive, right? 
but now Joseph is Now alive. he's got good news. Like he comes out of it's a nowhere. two-for-one special, so, baby. But here's the thing that, that gets me, uh, and I'm going to read this. It's in Hosea 6.2. Well, let's go ahead and go to 6.1, Hosea 6.1. Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn, and he will heal us. He hath smitten, and he will bind us up. That Hebrew word for return is shub. That's what we're doing, everyone. Listen, if you don't have Jewish people in your life, what are you doing? This is what the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith is all about. Two sticks becoming one, and that's the half door. All these things. And so if we don't have contact or dialogue with the Jewish people, how is anything going to happen? You know, we're going to turn into like the united nothing. But in verse 2 of Hosea 6, it says, After two days will he revive us. In the third day he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. So we return... And then we get revived. But look, we are. That word revive is the same word that provoked Jacob. Like, whoa. I mean, how many of you know that Hebrews has just rocked your world? It goes on in verse 3 of, he, uh, of Hosea 6. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord His going forth is prepared as the morning, and He shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. You know, the latter and former rain, you know. If Yeshua, of course, was uh, that seed that was put into the earth that, that died to produce fruit, that's in the fall. Okay, there you go. That's the early rains. The latter rains come in the spring when he died for us. Think about it. That rain has already come. And even right now, you can look at, at the weather forecast for, for Jerusalem, and it's raining. So this word revive is being played out in the story of even Jacob. So excited. Um, of course, he saw the wagons, you know. That's what really set it off. Like, whoa. Yeah. He, he saw the wagons. Um, well, because that, that lended credibility to the story. Right. So so he's going to... Jacob's on, on... Before he goes to Egypt, uh, he goes to Beersheba, and he offers sacrifices. Smart man. Beersheba. Beersheba. You know, that's where I got the revelation uh, about the whole, uh, you know, children of Abraham revelation, you know, how, how God's playing this thing out even even in the earth. Um, what about uh, Genesis 46.3, Ryan? Can you, can you read that? Oh, I, I can with pleasure. It says here, and he said, I am... Well, this is God speaking, obviously, to Jacob at Beersheba. And says, and he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will there make, thee, make of thee a great nation. Now, remember, he, he had already said to Abraham they would go into captivity for they over did. 400 years. They did. So he's letting them in on some stuff. Ooh, yeah. I wonder you know. if Abraham told... Uh, Isaac and Jacob. You know, I mean, here it is. I love it. He says that, uh, verse 4, I will go down with thee into Egypt, and I will also surely bring thee up again, and Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. Wow, that is awesome. So anyway, so he's going to make of him a great nation, he says. Yeah, you're going to go down to Egypt, but I'm still going to make of you a great nation. And, And just think about all of these chapters in the story of redemption that are unfolding right before our very eyes, even today, Israel being a nation, Jewish people being in the land, uh, the nations, uh, non-Jews are getting their Hebrew roots. Ryan, this thing is is cooking. This thing is happening. So he's going to bring his entire family down to Egypt in, uh, I guess we're going to look at Genesis uh, 46.6, and they took their cattle and their goods, which they had gotten in the land in Canaan, came into Egypt, Jacob and all his seed with him. Uh, let's go ahead and if you could read verse 26 of, of Genesis 46, we're going to discover uh, how many souls of the house of Jacob came into Egypt. 
All the souls that came with Jacob into Egypt, which came out of his loins, besides Jacob's sons' wives, all the souls were three score and six. Seventy. A total of seventy. And seventy means what? The nations. It's a number for the nations, the number seventy. And uh, let's see, let's look at... Well, yeah, the uh, next verse says yeah, three score and ten, which is the total, including the wives and everything. Absolutely. Is, so there we go. So let's read verse 28. I love this. Uh, Genesis 46, 28. And he sent Judah before him unto Joseph to direct his face unto Goshen, and they came into the land of Goshen. Let's go ahead and keep reading. Let's finish out that chapter. And Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to meet Israel his father to Goshen and presented himself unto him, and he fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. And Israel said unto Joseph, Now let me die, since I have seen thy face, because thou art yet alive. And Joseph said unto his brethren and unto his father's house, I will go up and show Pharaoh and say unto him, My brethren and my father's house, which were in the land of Canaan, are come unto me. And the men are shepherds, for their trade hath been to feed cattle, and they have brought their flocks and their herds and all that they have. And it shall come to pass, when Pharaoh shall call you and shall say, What is your occupation? That ye shall say, Thy servant's trade hath been about cattle from our youth even until now, both we and also our fathers, that ye may dwell in the land of Goshen, for every shepherd is an abomination unto the Egyptians." So this is cool. So it's like a way for him to keep them separate. He's kind of letting them in on the inside story. Like, look, they're not going to like the fact that you're shepherds. So this is a way for me to get you in negotiation right. to keep them away from you. You know, uh, it's, it's very interesting how this plays out because, um, you know, throughout history, Egypt had a hatred for foreign things. Uh, you know, e even the language and this and that. So just say that you take care of cattle, but he's going to isolate his family in Goshen so they can be shepherds. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. So that you know, it's it, it's kind of like a, a play on uh, a you know certain job or trades you know that you have. But you know, the shepherds were looked down upon. You know, it's kind of interesting. Even today, shepherds are looked down upon from the world. You know, because uh, some shepherds give the church a bad name, and so you know mm -hmm. what happens is you know uh, the world ends up hating clergy. You know, spiritual leaders, and they do a stereotype. You know, name it, claim it, and all this stuff about multiple houses, planes, or whatever it Blab is. Grab it and grab it. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you know, it's just it's not it's not going to work. So you know, as this story is unfolding, you know, um, you know, Joseph and, and his father were reunited. You know, and it's kind of like us; we're being reunited with our father. You know, it says, "I will I will lure you into the wilderness. I will speak tenderly to your heart." That's actually in Hosea. You know, uh, God's yearning for you that are listening to this podcast is greater than your yearning for him. His yearning for you is much, much, much greater. Um, so once again, you know, he's just going to say, you know, he just told his, his, his family, hey, you know, you take care of cattle. That's what you're going to do. I have a little side note here. What's cool is is now we're going about to go through kind of some genealogies and, and uh, talking about who is who makes up specifically those 70 people. Um that uh, that are listed as to coming into Egypt with Jacob. And it says here in the first group, the sons of Reuben, uh, the first son of Reuben is Hanukh. Oh, and where's that at? It's right here in verse 9. So so here's what's cool. So I'm sitting with Hanukh last night, right before he gets up to go and speak, and I'm just kind of sitting there uh, reading through the Torah portion 
uh, you know, just kind of taking some notes and whatnot. And I notice Hanok's name and I'm like, wait, so hang on a second. So Hanok is here and we're about to study the Torah portion via Gash. And he approached, who approached? Judah. Hanok is from the tribe of Judah. Judah. Okay. It's Hanukkah, right? That's right. He's here for Hanukkah and his name is Hanok, which is the root word for Hanukkah dedication. There you go. And his name is in the Torah portion. I think that's, uh... Prophetic. I think it's a coincidence, actually. You know, it's interesting, too, <laughs> if you go into um, uh, chapter 46, all of 46, there's a lot of names there, breaking the family down and everything, which is really incredible. You know, everybody's important. Mishpachah is family in Hebrew, so that's what we're aiming for, everyone. We're aiming for the Mishpachah. So if you're out there, you're a renegade, you're running around, how are you part of the Mishpachah? What are you, just one individual for the family? You represent one family? Yeah, you got to get you know, plugged in. We got to get plugged in, you know. So what I'm, what I'm sharing with all of you is, at, at Beit Tehillah, as, as this is unfolding, uh, we realize the importance of family. You know, they say if you break down the family, you can break down society. We're and watching that's it happen. And what the doing. <laughs> yeah, we're watching You know, it. let's break down the family. Let's break down divine order, and we can, we can destroy society, you know. Uh, and then it becomes a free-for-all, and people are lost, they don't understand, you know, the, the divine order of God. But, um, of course, 46, it gives you, gives you all of this, uh, the family members coming back together, which is really, really cool. And, of course, uh, like I said, um, Pharaoh actually gave them the land of Goshen. He, he approved it. Um, and, of course, he made them rulers uh, of Pharaoh's cattle. Joseph's family would be rulers of Pharaoh's cattle. Cattle. Which, which you know, one of the interesting things, you know, from an a, a archaeological standpoint, I saw a documentary on Netflix, and I may have mentioned this to you guys before, but it was called Exodus, um, what was it called? It was uh, Patterns of Evidence. Patterns of Evidence. Patterns of Evidence, and it's on Netflix, and what's really cool about the documentary is uh, one of the things that you find in here, and you'll see this actually in verse 11 of chapter 47, is the word Ramesses, and Ramesses is the name of a place, it'd be like saying, hey, uh, it's, it, they, they were in Brandon. Well, Brandon, it, most people don't know, the city that we're in, used to be called New Hope. Well, they may have known it back then as New Hope, but we know it as Brandon. So when we right. see these things... And so they actually had the name Goshen for the place that they were living, but the present name at the time was Ramses, because Ramses was fair at that point. But we know that the pharaoh of this period was probably not Ramses. I mean, I mean, th that's an interesting point to play out, that you got to do like an investigation and go back how, how it's layered. But, you know, once again... Um, Let's go and review the plot line here. Judah comes to, to Joseph, gives his monologue, says he'll you know do what he's got to do, take the responsibility upon himself. Joseph weeps, reveals himself to his brothers. They're terrified. They freak out. Um, and then he, they talk and everything. And then Joseph jumps right in there and says, you know, hey, go get dad. Go get dad. You know, let's get dad here with our families. Let's get, let's get dad here. And because there's going to be five more years of famine. So the circumstance creates the reunion, Ryan. And see, even today in the earth, you know, God's creating circumstances to bring Ephraim and Judah together. Maybe they're painful. Maybe they're joyous. I, I don't know. But I know a famine is not fun. So, you know, think about it. Uh, so, you know, Jacob realizes my son's still alive. He sees the wagons. He's revived. You know, he's like, you know, born again. You know, woohoo! Joseph's alive. You know, what great joy. Brings the whole family to Egypt. And then, of course, uh, Joseph is just kissing, loving on his dad. And then, of course, we have the little storyline here that we don't want to leave out. Um, let's look at Genesis 47, verses 7 through 12, Ryan. Now, Jacob is going to go before Pharaoh. 
All right, here it says, And Joseph brought in Jacob his father, and set him before Pharaoh, and Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Jacob, How, are, how old art thou? And Jacob said unto Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are a hundred and thirty years. Few and evil have the days of the years of my life been, and have not attained unto the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh, and went out from before Pharaoh. And Joseph placed his father and his brethren, and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land of Ramesses, as Pharaoh had commanded. And Joseph nourished his father and his brethren and all his father's household with bread according to their families. So he's 130 years of age. You know, Jacob is a very interesting character, everyone, because uh, he had to deal with a lot of fear. Um, you know, and uh, trickery or deception, whatever he had to do to get the blessing and these other things that he had to do. But the bottom line is that, you know, Jacob has, has grown up, matured, but boy, he really, he had a tough life. And, uh, and you can see this being played out, you know. But there are, there are uh, lines of, of a spirit of fear in Jacob's life. Uh, I don't have time to go into all of it. But God has not given us a spirit of fear. Amen. But what, what, what does perfect love do? It'll cast that out. You know, that's the thing. When we feel unloved and we feel that there's no love in my life, fear comes in. And that's why people do what they do sometimes. You know, they don't feel loved. You know, at, at the end of the day, a bully just needs to be loved. He's looking for love. Sometimes it's an outward expression of being a bully. But deep down, everyone needs love. But, you know, Jacob, he blesses Pharaoh. I love that. He blesses him. He's 130 years of age. And then, of course, you know, uh, they get a possession, you know. Um, and now, all of a sudden, this famine is going to really kick in. You know, and, and after the Egyptians' money ran out, uh, the four things that they gave for food were cattle, horses, flocks, and donkeys. So they got five more years of the famine. So now they're going to uh, give their money. The money runs out, right? And after they gave their cattle to Pharaoh for food, uh, then they had to, of course, uh, give themselves and their land to Pharaoh right. for food. So that's how bad it. So you could buy food in the beginning. The money runs out. Now all of a sudden, what are they going to do? They're going to offer themselves... Right, and then they're going to offer their land. Yeah, well, it's interesting, uh, just because what happens is Joseph is now basically responsible for centralizing the government and resources of Egypt into a central power, uh, completely under Pharaoh. Right, because what is it, it says here? If you want to read uh, Genesis forty-seven twenty-one. Um, Let's see here. Let's go ahead and just finish it out in a public reading of scriptures here. Oh, man, we can let's, do it. Let's read Genesis uh, 47, uh, 21. Through 27? Yeah, through 27. All right, here we go. It says, and as, the people, and as for the people, he removed them to cities from one end of the borders of Egypt, even to the other end thereof. Only the land of the priests bought he not. For the priests had a portion assigned them of Pharaoh and did eat their portion, which Pharaoh gave them. Wherefore, they sold not their lands. Then Joseph said unto the people, Behold, I have bought you this day and your land for Pharaoh. Lo, here is seed for you, and ye shall sow the land. And it shall come to pass in the increase that ye shall give the fifth part unto Pharaoh, and four parts shall be your own. For seed of the field and for your food and for them of your households and for food for your little ones. And they said, Thou hast saved our lives. Let us find grace in the sight of my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. 
And Joseph made it a law over the land of Egypt unto this day that Pharaoh should have the fifth part, except the land of the priests only, which became not Pharaoh's. And Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, in the country of Goshen, and they had possessions therein, and grew and multiplied exceedingly. Wow. So here's the conclusion of this particular Torah portion. So now that there's a family reunion, what happens? More circumstances yeah. come throughout the earth, come throughout the land. And so once again, uh, he, he removed them to cities from one end of the borders of Egypt, even to the other, to consolidate, to put them together. Uh, wow, isn't that cool? More consolidation. Oh, I'm putting you guys together. More putting together, you know. And of course, uh, uh, the only ones that were exempt from selling their land were the priests. And uh, they're going to give back a fifth part, which is what, 20%? Right. Uh, of seed was required to give back to Pharaoh was 20% uh, back to Pharaoh. Wow, that's, that's more than a, that's a double tithe. Um, Sounds like a tax. But listen, the people were grateful for what Joseph had done. That's what it says in Genesis 47, 25. Um, and of course, if you could just, let's just conclude with Genesis 47, 27, Ryan. Let's read that one more time, because this is encouragement for all of us that are part of the house of Israel. That's right. It says, And Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, in the country of Goshen, and they had possessions therein, and grew and multiplied exceedingly. Wow. You see the favor of God? That's right. You know, the riches, the riches and glory of God are being bestowed upon His children, upon us. Why? To do His will. That's right. You know, Beit Tehillah is here for the restoration of the regathering of the whole house of Israel. Build a strong community, raise up the next generation. Listen up, everybody. You weren't given money or resources or the ability to achieve it without God's kingdom first. That's right. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Everything else will be added unto you. People would ask me all the time, Pastor Nick, what's God doing? Let me tell you what God is doing. He is restoring and regathering the whole house of Israel. It's time to continue the story. And so what do we have here? We don't have time to get into it. But the half Torah is found in Ezekiel 37, verses 15 through 28. And time doesn't permit me to give my testimony on how I was in a cool-down cycle after running, and I was walking on this path, and I kicked this stick out of the path, and the Holy Spirit just something... I was inspired to grab the stick and take it home with me. Well, uh, time elapses maybe one, two months. Next thing you know, I meet the dryers and I find out that, hey, I'm a Ephraim. So you heard it. You heard it from Pastor Nicholas Everett Plummer from Bay Tehillah, Brandon, Florida. That's right. I'm a Ephraim and I'm coming back. Who wants to come back with me? You know, you can't take my testimony away. I mean, I kicked the stick out of a path and then the Lord showed me that, you know, hey, there's two sticks. You're one stick. I'm going to take another stick and we're going to unite you together. He's going to take that one big stick and we're going to hit the nations right upside the head. Oops, upside the head. I said, oops, upside the head. Boom, we're going to hit you because we're coming. We're coming with a stick. Walk softly, but carry a big stick. Read the half Torah, everyone. That's your homework assignment. You'll get a little star next to your letter grade there, Ezekiel 37, verses 15 through 28, because we all read about the valley of dry bones, and oh, look, the Jews are coming back to the land, and their sinews and flesh being put on the bones, an exceeding great army. Oh, look at the IDF. Look at this. Look at this. Keep reading. Listen, if anybody out there has a better explanation for the two sticks becoming one, please let me know. Please let Ryan know, okay? Because we don't want to mislead anyone. We, we have these prophecies that are coming to pass right before our very eyes. He's making the two sticks one. How is he going to do that? You have to get two sticks in a room. You have to get two sticks in a room. 
And shame on all of you that are listening to this that won't have Hanok Yong come share at your congregation. If you're two houses, if you believe Ephraim and Judah is coming together, and you won't have Hanok, shame on you. You will not see the restoration that we got in the whole house of Israel with two sticks becoming one because you have neglected the other stick. There's my peace. There's my part. Amen. All right. I mean, I'm 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 in for the 37, 15 through 28. I think uh, you guys should definitely go back and read it. And here's the thing. I know that this is an exciting story, the story of Joseph, and these have been uh, exciting tour portions. But next week, oh man, next week is a good one too. I mean, it's just like a buffet, man. It's like you get down the line and you're like, oh, look. It's oh, a family look. album. And then you get around the corner and you're like, man, my plate's, I thought my plate was full. And you're like, you, you but know, I got to get a scoop of that too. You know, somebody, <laughs> you know, my, my son Josiah, he took this DNA test and, and someone gave me a, a DNA test. I want to thank you for that. Uh, and I sent it in. So we'll see what happens when it comes back. But, but I know who I am. I'm grafted into the olive tree. You know, I'm a wild branch. I'm a frime. I'm not Jewish. And, and those of you that are listening, you don't have to be Jewish. You don't need to be Jewish to, to fulfill this awesome, awesome family reunion, everyone. So it's going to be funny to see how this thing comes back, what, I'm really, what, what it says in my DNA. Yeah. Well, you're going to find out you're a plant or something. You know, there was this joke. I, I looked up my, myself in the family tree, and I found out I was the sap. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> That's rough. It is what it is. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. We want to hear from you, as always. You can email me at ryan at twopraise.net, ryan, R-Y-A-N, at twopraise.net. You can live stream our services. We will be live streaming this Shabbat at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can do that at twopraise.net or uh, on any of our social media sites, as you know. As always, please like, share, subscribe, do all that good stuff to our podcasts wherever you're listening to them. It helps us get the message out, and that's what we want. We want to get the message of the reunification of Jews and Gentiles out to the nation so that people can jump on board with us and we can start loving each other with mutual respect and unity. And so uh, thank you guys for listening. We love you. Have a great week.